From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Hell yes, Mr. Rob Roop. Thank you very much. This is me, Mike. This is Mike Davidson Lives. That's my podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. As I talk about all sorts of things, pop culture, sports related, and just run-of-the-mill news stuff in the next half hour. Uh, another stormy day here in the Midwest. It calmed down quite a bit, though. Uh, we had a tornado watch here in Northeast Indiana. Uh, not quite as bad or as scary as it was last Friday, but uh, man, we are definitely shaking loose from winter. I don't think we're going to see any snow <laughs> again until um, till the fall, which is okay in my book. Just days away from Easter, Good Friday on the horizon. Uh, looking forward to it. Actually, we're going to go down to my parents' um, parents' place this weekend, hang out with them for a bit. Kids are looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it because uh, that might mean a free meal for me. Um, but uh, I, I, now this will probably be the second. Yeah, I think this will be the second long ass road trip we've taken with all three of them in the car uh, that I can recall. And for the most part, the kids do pretty well in the car. Fingers crossed on that. But uh, hopefully, everybody does have a great Easter weekend coming up here. A matter of days. Okay, congrats to the Yukon Huskies. The men, they uh, Monday night got it done against uh, the San Diego State Aztecs, beating them handily uh, to win their fifth banner since 1999. And, you know, Yukon, pretty impressive because this is the, the fifth championship they've had since 99, and they've done it under three different head coaches. Not only that, they were not even ranked preseason. So, in a way, if you squint, tilt your head, spin around three times, it is kind of a Cinderella story. I mean, they're a, they're a big-time program, but they weren't expected to win it all this year. Uh, I don't think any of the teams that were in the Final Four were expected to win it all this year. San Diego State especially, but uh, I only watched the, the the first half, and once it looked like the, uh, the Huskies were going to pull a, um, yeah, I, I didn't have a dog in the fight. And San Diego State, uh, for as good as they are on the offensive glass, they couldn't get shots to fall to save their lives. So uh, they are the men's champions. And uh, the Lady Tigers of LSU, I think it was, the game was, what, Sunday? They got it done. They are the uh, NCAA women's champions. They beat the Iowa Hawkeyes pretty handily. And some controversy with that game because Caitlin Clark, uh, who is probably the best player in the country on the girls' side, uh, she had an outstanding tournament throughout the whole thing, and uh, unfortunately, they fell short to the Tigers. But uh, big fracas, I guess, because Angel Reese of the Lady Tigers was taunting her in the game. Didn't get foul uh, a foul called on her for it, and you know people are saying, "Well, that's unsportsmanlike." And what she was doing was she was kind of doing that "you can't see me" thing that John Cena is known for. But the thing is, is all throughout the tournament. Caitlin uh, Clark was doing this as she played. You can't see me, John Cena. You know, and of course, John Cena gave her props for doing that. And some people say, "Well, that's different because Angel, you know, sought her out on the court, you know, and did it to her face." And it's just like, look, if you don't want to be taunted, don't taunt. The precedent was set when she was doing that. You can't tell me that Caitlin Clark doing that was not um, tack board material in the locker room. You know, when when players do things like this, other teams take note, and it probably uh, ground the ground the gears, so to speak, of the Lady Tigers, and that's what happened. 
Uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, either player doing it, to be honest, um, because I just think you go out and do your job, and you celebrate when your team with your teammates when you win. That's how it should be. I mean, they run those damn uh, uh, good sportsman promos, uh, NCAA throughout the tourney, and then you got this, you know, John Cena thing going. Um, but you know, I, I'm not get, I'm not really upset either way about it because I don't have a trophy. Um, but uh, <laughs> this has been going on in sports for quite a while. The, this pro wrestling mentality, and you know, when you're borrowing the John Cena hand signal, doing that, no matter if you are Angel Reese or Caitlin Clark, it's uh, you're, you, that's not the first time that's happened. I mean think about it, baseball players walk up to the plate with their uh, at-bat music kind of like entrance music to the WWE and how many players across a spectrum of sports emulate the Ric Flair Woo! and I would do it a little louder but I don't want to distort the microphone and I am recording this rather late and I don't want the wife to be mad at me okay it's been going on for quite a bit and so um for people, uh, you know, to kind of glom on to the racial aspect of the, the hand gesture or, uh, you know, it's not polite, it's not fair. It's It's been going on for a bit. All I can say is if you don't want to be taunted, don't taunt. That way, if somebody does taunt somebody else, I can be a little more sympathetic to the person being taunted. But, again, the precedent was set. Now, um... Something that both Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese can agree on is uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes and the LSU Tigers should not be at the White House at the same time. Uh, in fact, the Iowa Hot Lady Hawkeyes shouldn't be there because they didn't win. Uh, but you know how it is. Uh, it doesn't matter who the president is. Uh, when a sports team wins a major championship in these here United States, eventually they get to go and hang out with the president and do the photo op thing at the White House. And I guess uh, First Lady Jill Biden got on her Twitter and said, wouldn't it be great if we can invite both teams to the White House? This is kind of a, an everybody gets a trophy type of thing. To which uh, uh, <laughs> Angel Reese, uh, who's already you know caused a controversy with her return in fire uh, with Caitlin Clark, she went on Twitter and said, <laughs> a joke, LOL. She quote tweeted the first lady because you know, it's, a, it's a dumb idea. Sorry, it is. Uh, Caitlin Clark, in her own way, said, "Look, I, I would be honored to go to the White House for another reason, another other function, for whatever reason, but not this." I think she realizes that you know uh, those in first place get uh, the spoils. She understands that because she's a competitor, as is Angel Reese, as is anybody on the Lady Hawkeyes or the Lady Tigers. And, I got, and that's what's really mind-boggling about these politicians. I mean, they know that they have to have donors and cash and all the votes to be successful. That's how they keep score. Athletes keep score. You know, it's this uh, everybody's a winner mentality that athletes, true competitors, don't like. I mean, it's, it's nice to take everybody out on the Little League team for ice cream after they get beat by 13 runs. And by the way, I was on quite a few of those teams. <laughs> But um, but the the higher up the rung you go, it's all about victory and recognizing it as such. And um, 
you know that that's what the the white house fails to understand and uh by the way uh they have since kind of walked that back that invitation to both teams as they should all right uh moving into the realm of uh pop culture here and uh wednesday night which means the mandalorian has dropped and i think i'm dropping the mandalorian season three has been garbage and i have not seen this yet i saw a clip of it though and um this episode is going to uh, this episode has christopher lloyd in it and i i love christopher lloyd as an actor but uh there are two other performers in this, and I'm spoiling it because I don't want you to watch this shit. Uh, Jack White and Lizzo. Jack White and Lizzo play a king and a queen, and you're supposed to take these two seriously. And it looks campy and god-awful as hell. And, and, and this is what's just, like, there's a, a plethora of problems at Disney and with Star Wars being run by Disney. Uh, but it's just, it's sad to see how The Mandalorian went from cool, badass, space, sci-fi, western to celebrities popping their heads out of windows uh, to talk with Batman and Robin as they scale a building in just less than three seasons. There's no direction to this show. It's terrible. And I, just, I watched a little bit of this clip. I cringed and it's like, dude, I'm tapping out. Sorry, I want to go and uh, watch something else. Probably not on Disney Plus, but uh, major bummer because uh, you know season two ended so well uh, for what it was, and you thought, okay, there's going to be another chapter in uh, you know Mando's life. But uh, you know they fired Gina uh, from the show, and then they uh, pretty much uh, screwed the pooch on that great ending on another show, The Book of Boba Fett. And now here we are. And there's some other stuff that happened in between, but just, it's terrible. And it doesn't look like Disney's really learning their lesson much on other things. Uh, I just saw that The Little Mermaid, which comes out next month, and uh, probably take the girls to see, especially Hazy. Hazel, Hazel loves mermaids. In fact, she's got a little uh, uh, mermaid made out of yarn that she's named Ariel because she loves The Little Mermaid cartoon. They are changing up the lyrics to some of the songs, uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls and Kiss the Girl. Uh, Kiss the Girl, they're going to put in some lyrics to make it, um, so, to put consent in it. It can't be spur of the moment romantic, it has to be, there has to be some level of consent in the lyrics of this kid's movie. Because you don't want Little Mermaid to turn into an episode of, you know, Law and Order Special Victims Unit, apparently. And then Poor Unfortunate Souls, uh, in the original, they reference fat people or something. So they're going to change that up because uh, they want to be more inclusive. Nobody's thinking this hard about this stuff. Okay? Um, so, I, yeah, it, you, this leaks out. And you, you kind of take it with some of the other things being said about the movie from the star saying, Oh, this is going to be an update. This is going to be for a modern audience. I, as I said before, this is probably going to be a movie that does very well uh, first weekend because it's got that Disney touch to it, I guess. But it's kind of a dying touch. It'll do well that first weekend and there'll be a, strop, uh, a sharp drop-off because some people just may not dig it as much as they did the original. You know, not everybody is offended by old cartoons. Speaking of old cartoons, they're also going to do a live uh, a live remake of one uh that's been out for many many years now 
uh, the seven-year-old Moana, and they're going to have the rock star in the live adaptation of it. It's like, what the hell are you doing, Disney? You're not even effing trying anymore. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're, we're just going to go and uh, look what we've done in the last 10 years. Oh, that's been successful. We're going to do a live version. of. They're going to do a live version of Toy Story eventually, aren't they? They might as well. I mean, they're already going to do Toy Story 5. They're going to do Frozen 3. In fact, Toy Story has uh, ended at Toy Story 3, and then the story ended again at Toy Story 4. Now they're doing Toy Story 5. When Tim Allen and uh, Tom Hanks finally uh, die, their voices are going to be just fed into an AI, and uh, Toy Story 10 will happen. You just watch. All right, so um, CMT, uh, the Country Music Television Awards, happened uh, a few nights back, and... Uh, and they've decided to become every other award show and uh, preach to their audience. I guess they, uh, because the, the uh, Tennessee drag law, uh, which a lot of celebrities are pissed off about, uh, one of the um, one of the performers had some of the perf uh, performers from the RuPaul drag show perform with her. And then there was uh, advocacy for gun control because of what happened in Tennessee not too long ago with that school shooting and uh, a lot of people were upset you know for the country music fans that actually still watch award shows now as i said i'm not a country music guy um but from what i gather from a lot of people that do listen to country music it's a far cry from you know even just 30 years back where you know you had brooks and dunn garth brooks george Strait. now it's kind of um auto-tune pop country and it's become a totally different animal than it once was it's basically uh hollywood east you know, nashville uh, you get east of the mississippi there it is right there in the middle of tennessee and uh, of course a lot hanging and all that stuff but uh it's basically every other award show it's like why doesn't the daily show have uh the same oomph as it once did is it because john stewart left well that might be part of it i mean he is who it made that show what it was but uh Another reason is every talk show, every late night talk show became the Daily Show. Saturday Night Live, in a way, became the Daily Show. So now CMT is going to become another forgettable award show. And it doesn't matter what it celebrates, the formulaics are all the same. All right. Um, you know, speaking of uh, woke and drag and all things alphabet related, um, Dylan uh, Mulvaney. Uh, who is a trans actor, actress, something or other. Um, Wikipedia has Dylan listed as an actress, an actor. I can't think of anything I've seen Dylan in other than the occasional viral video that pops up on my Twitter feed, and I'm like, who is this? And why are they just hopped up on energy pills? Uh, Dylan's now... Uh, a face, a spokesperson for Bud Light. And if you think of the typical Bud Light drinker, chances are they don't follow Dylan Mulvaney out on Twitter. And to see Dylan's face on a Bud Light can, well, it might irritate some, say, like, I don't know, Kid Rock, who put out his own video of uh, himself shooting these cans to death. And... I don't know what that accomplished, really. I uh, just, oh, okay, now Kid Rock is being bashed online by people that uh, don't care for him, not caring for the cans. But 
here's my here's my message to Bud Light. Uh, again, like kind of CMT here, you know, you read the room, you got to understand who your audience is, and maybe just maybe after a hard day work, you know, at a factory or a warehouse, pulling double shifts, or you know, just it's the weekend, you want to kick back, relax, forget about how troubling the world is, your bills and all that stuff, and then you see something that's a hot button top, hot button topic right there on the beer can, uh, it might be the wrong way to go. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how much people dig. Uh, Dylan Mulvaney is now the face of Bud Light. Know that Kid Rock is not not a fan. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the blue check mark update. I said I'd get something else on this. I have no idea what the heck. Not for me. I don't, I don't give a flying shit if I get a, a blue check mark or not. But uh, Elon Musk said starting April 1st, you have to pay for a blue check mark on Twitter. If you want to keep the thing and some people said yeah okay fine others have been like yeah and the only uh, only celebrity slash publication of note that has lost the blue check mark is the new york times which i really don't care that they lost their <laughs> blue check mark uh but a lot of celebrities that said that they would not pay still have theirs and uh some people have even said that uh, they've gotten a message saying that you are a legacy blue check mark which means you don't have to pay for it so what exactly is going on in the world of Elon Musk and Twitter? No one knows. No one knows what's going on in that uh, a skull of his. Uh, Stephen Miller, uh, he's a he's a conservative columnist. He's even said that Elon makes it up as he goes along, and I kind of I kind of agree. I mean, Elon's done some great things on Twitter, but he's also a little flaky. I mean, it looked like for a while he wasn't going to buy freaking Twitter, um, and now. You've got this thing with blue check marks. What exactly is going on with it? Who knows? All I know is that everybody that's griping about it is still using Twitter. Uh, we'll see what happens ultimately. Um, one thing you don't do on Twitter or Facebook or social media or in front of a large group of people is brag about something you should not be bragging about, uh, especially if it's highly illegal and it may have pissed off a whole bunch of people. Like the wrong whole bunch of people. Um, I got this linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. Normally, I don't make light of murder or death or anything like that. But when I read the story, I was like, seriously? And I had to go back and read it again. Seriously? This dude um, in Texas, I guess he was at a gathering. He was on a phone and he was bragging on the phone about how he stole $50,000 from a Mexican cartel. Saying, oh yeah, I pulled a fast one on him. He has been missing for weeks now. And the last time he has been seen was... Uh, this one blows my mind here. Last time he was seen was mid-March in a truck as he was trying to get out of it. He was. Uh, this was actually captured on video. Bloodied, bruised, battered in a truck as uh, they were crossing uh, the International Bridge from Laredo, Texas, into Mexico. Nobody stopped a bloody dude, or trucked with a bloody dude, from crossing into this place? You know, you got to figure something's a little corrupt there. Uh, just, oh, no big deal. We're taking this guy whose ass we're kit we kicked back to Mexico. Good luck seeing him again. Not a damn thing was done to stop this guy, but, I mean... Yeah, this is obviously a guy that never saw no country for old men. Uh, you know, when the 
uh, the Josh Brolin character stole all that money from uh, that the scene for that big massacre, and then you know Javier Bardem was trying to hunt him down and kill him and all that stuff. And it, it was just kind of real tense. I, I it's been a bit since I've seen that movie, but I don't recall his character really bragging it up that he stole all this money or found all this money, and he still is getting chased. But you know if you know the money is ill-gotten and it's fifty thousand dollars and yeah fifty thousand dollars is a decent chunk of change but it's not something to retire on i wouldn't even effing touch it um hell if it was a million dollars and it was from the cartel i wouldn't effing touch it because chances are you wouldn't enjoy it um uh, and it's just uh if there's bad mojo around it don't mess with it right that would be the common sense type of thing all right, now these guys aren't a Mexican cartel, but it kind of shows how bad things have gotten here in these United States in terms of uh, you know being in a city or just politeness in general. Uh, and this happened just across the border from us in Ohio. I think it's around Columbus, Ohio. Um, not too long ago, a couple of people got mad at a Chipotle because uh, the cheese was bad, and so they started threatening one of the employees, and the other employees got out and you know were defending their guy you know their person this is all on video and somebody drew a gun in this uh, one of the people that were mad about the bad cheese and then furniture was getting thrown and it was just insane just effing insane here um you would swear that this was a Chuck E. cheese or something um but yeah you know, i've got a wife that works in the service industry and you know she puts up with all manner of customers i can't really talk about it because i don't want to get her in trouble um but, and you know there's a lot of people that are just there to earn a paycheck and serve food and there are it, it's just mind-numbing mind-blowing actually to think that people get that upset about food uh, where they don't think twice about threatening somebody's health or worse. And, you know, if you really have a problem with the way Chipotle makes a burrito, you can always go home and make it your damn self. There's nothing stopping you, unless, you know, common sense or lack of money. There's nothing stopping you from going to a grocery store, buying the tortilla, buying the chicken, the beef, whatever, the cheese, the beans, the rice, and throwing that thing together yourself nothing yeah yeah you pay, pay a little bit um but it's not worth going to jail over or murdering somebody over <laughs> yikes all right uh foo fighters good news for them uh i think that was this, the atlantis it's a club next to a club that dave Grohl used to frequent when he was growing up in virginia he would go to washington dc and check out the underground uh, rock scene back in the day uh, but the Foo Fighters, at the end of May, will play this intimate setting, 450 people, uh, one of their first shows back, and they'll be touring this summer after uh, the tragic passing of uh, Taylor Hawkins at the age of 50 last year. And, yeah, some people might be thinking, is that too soon? Uh, but you, you have to kind of think also that Kurt, this is not the first time uh, Dave has dealt with death. Uh, reading his Storyteller book, I mean, he lost a friend uh, years before he wrote the book, and he, a friend he grew up with in Virginia, and then, of course, Kurt Cobain died um, in 94, and for the better part of a year, Dave Grohl hid in Ireland and couldn't escape Kurt's death. And, of course, when somebody dies, you know, they're all, 
you miss him terribly. And he and Taylor Hawkins were just, you know, as thick as thieves. And I think that's a good way to honor his memory is to keep touring. And you can't just hide from that memory. That me The memory of that person is always going to be with you. And if uh, Dave and his bandmates feel like they can exercise some demons, get out there and still entertain people, by all means, welcome it. I mean, it's their call, their mental health, and really depends on what the fans uh, want to deal with. Um, but uh, Foo Fighters on the road this summer. Lars Ulrich, by the way. Uh, you think Kid Rock is keyed up, shooting up beer cans. He probably is. Uh, but Lars Ulrich is always keyed up. And uh, I guess in an interview, he was talking to somebody about uh, the comments on social media or the internet in general about the band. And Lars says, yeah, I read the comments and I defy any band to tell me that they don't read the comments. And I'm just thinking there's no reason for Lars Ulrich to read the comments. I mean, if the band's still together after St. Anger and that really crappy album they did with Lou Reed, there's not a whole hell of a lot that's going to, you know, derail Metallica. Why are you wasting your time reading the comments? Of course, he likes to be argumentative and things of that nature. But, uh, yeah, reading the freaking comments... No, no. Sometimes I, you know, I'll read the comments on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, and for the most part, they're good. But I mean, it's not like I'm a big multi-million-dollar musician or anything like that. It just seems like uh, if you torment yourself constantly uh, with things that people are thinking about you, you're never going to be happy. But then again, Lars Ulrich does not seem like a very happy guy. Uh, I want to wrap this up here finally with uh, another Adam Sandler story because um, like like he's kind of hit or miss with me in terms of his movies but like every story I hear about the dude he's a genuinely nice guy and you know he just recently got the Mark Twain award for comedy Salma Hayek saying his praises recently uh, because uh, you know she was she was doing an interview and she was talking about uh, some of the roles that she would get. A lot of times they were, you know, Oscar bait dramas or, you know, hey, she's hot. Let's give her a hot chick role. And by the way, Salma Hayek is hot. I mean, still in her 50s. She's amazing looking. Um, but she she liked doing comedy too. I think she did Dogma. She did do Dogma with uh, Kevin Smith years back. But uh, to get into comedy constantly, no, 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 Salma, you just, you, you have to look hot. You can't, you can't be in comedy. And Adam Sandler got her to do uh, some of his stuff, including Grown Ups, I guess, Grown Ups 2. And she was just, you know, eternally grateful for him to help her branch out into that. And, um, you know, he's, he's done that for people. We talked about how, like, he uh, campaigned to have Brendan Fraser, uh, Oscar winner Brendan Fraser, in Airheads when the director did not want him in there. And Adam said, hey, man, if he's not in it, I'm not a good luck finding somebody else to star in this thing. And lo and behold, he was in it. You got to applaud the, somebody who's loyal to people like that. Um, he just, just lights out. And I think we need more people like that in pop culture. It doesn't matter their politics or anything. You just somebody that will go to bat for an actor or an actress to put out something that's entertaining. And he's done that. And he's worth $420 million because he's done that. Because he's gone against the grain. Uh, God bless Adam Sandler. Okay, like I said, Easter upon us. 
good Friday upon us. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Spend it with family. You know, eat tons of ham, eat tons of chocolate. Until next time, stay fresh, cheese bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.